Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. We are here with our episode number 12, and we are focusing on ways to modify your league and make it more engaging for everybody to participate this upcoming season. Uh, so we're here, uh, the three hosts, we're all back together here again for another episode. Armand, what's going on here? What, uh, what have been keeping you busy? Oh, you know, I've been uh, loving the summer. I went golfing the other day in uh, Nippon, went back home and then went to the farm to table restaurant there and it was amazing. Highly recommend if you ever are out in uh, the Northeast Saskatchewan area, go to Mabel Hill Farms in, uh, in Nippon and it's, it's amazing food. But what made the day even better was I chipped in from 110 yards out. Amazing shot. I couldn't believe I did it. I've never made a shot like that before in my life. Never chipped in before in my life. And my first one's from 110. Wow. How's the, how's the track looking out there, man? What a nice course. Oh, it was beautiful. And, uh, you know, in PA we have Cook, which uh, is very wide open, right? It's pretty wide and the, and the rough's not too too bad. It's almost like hitting off the fairway. But uh, in Nippo, and that rough is thick and it's just a little bit more narrow and it's an unforgiving course. Like, holy... Yeah, I heard, so it's in, it was, I heard it's in good shape. The greens look like they were they were nice too. Oh yeah, just fast too. You you can overhit the the hole so easy. Oh yeah, right on. And Zach, last but not least, what's been keeping Zach Strong busy here? You know, just just enjoying the summer, uh, getting outside when we can, staying inside when it's too hot, just enjoying the summer. And here, Armand, I thought you were going to say that the best part of the day was your time with your friends, but. No, <laughs> no, selfish. <laughs> yeah, selfish. Exactly. <laughs> keeping on the golf train here, um, man. It's been uh, it's been hard to get on the track lately with the warm weather. Everybody wants to be golfing, and and then the days where it's open, it's because it's plus forty out. <laughs> Nobody wants to be golfing when it's plus forty. But we had my uh, my referee golf tournament this past weekend, and uh, for like I've been running it. This is the fourth year now I've been running it, and have not won it once until this year so finally won won the bing cup so that's uh it was a big weekend for us we won team black won six to four but in unfortunate news as we were having a little bit of fun in the garage our our trucks got went through on the weekend so my uh i was cleaning up the garage getting rid of some of the cans and the um and the garbage and the pizza boxes and stuff and i'm like why is my truck door cracked open up the truck oh yeah uh that would be why that's unfortunate so uh ballsy guys to go through my truck while uh while we're in the garage that the truck's parked in front of but a little damper on the weekend but not a big deal i guess but we went to waska sioux for our round on sunday man that course is in incredible shape battled, battled the smoke a little bit though so shout out to anybody that's um that's unfortunately right now battling well first of all if you're fighting the fires up north i know a good buddy of mine he's been fighting those fires so shout out to him and uh anybody that's been impacted by those fires we're sending our thoughts and prayers out to you and hopefully that uh with this little bit of rain we've had the last bit hopefully everything's kind of under control now so a little shout out to uh anybody that's been impacted by those fires so um i guess we'll kind of get her started here keeping on the uh intros we got some some big news to share first of all um we got into a new league as well a couple of them actually so uh one is uh it's called the blitz pro league so bpl for short uh and we got dm'd on this one on twitter asking if we'd like to join in. It's a 16, 16 team league across three different countries and it, in, um, and it encompasses some of the biggest content creators right now 
in the fantasy community on Twitter. So when we got this DM, I was like, Hey, this is kind of cool. Like I should check this out. And then I looked, I was like, Holy man, like it's, we're being recognized for some of our content. Like we should probably jump all over this. So got herself into the league. Uh, we draft on, I believe it's August 8th and it's going to be a live draft on YouTube on their platform. So that's going to be a fun one. Myself and Armin are in a golf tournament that, uh, that day. So we might be live drafting from the golf course, but, uh, but uh, we're, we're pretty excited to do that one. Obviously kind of getting recognized a little bit for some of our content. And, and once again, just like Scott Fish, we're going to be able to kind of collaborate with some of the uh, biggest names in, in fantasy. So we're, we're looking forward to that one. Uh, and then getting into another league, maybe Zach, you want to talk about this one a little bit. We got invited to what's known as a survivor league. So maybe Zach will uh, mention that one right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is something that's quite unique to me or quite new to me, at least. Um, the, the fellow that's putting it together, uh, came up with a really creative idea where it'll be a 20 team league and you will be split into two tribes, essentially just like the TV show survivor. Um, and then each week, the highest scoring tribe. So 10 teams combined, the highest scoring tribe will be safe. And then the tribe that has the lowest combined score will have to vote one of the teams out of their tribe. And then after that tribe, or that, sorry, after that team has been voted out of the league, the players that were on that team are then available via dispersal draft for the other teams. So it's very similar to a, a guillotine league, um, just with like a survivor twist to it. And then when there's... I believe that there's seven or eight teams left in the entire uh, league. It'll go to um, an individual competition, just like on the, on the show survivor where it's just your team versus everybody else. Um, and then oddly enough, when it gets down to three teams remaining, I think it's, it doesn't come down to, to scores. It comes down to a vote of the, the remaining members of the league or the, the members of the league that were voted out. So it's uh, exactly it's really like survivor. It's these. Yeah. It's really creative. Um, like I grew up watching survivor with my parents on Thursday nights. So this is something that I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. So we, uh, that's another league that all three of us will be co-managing a team together. So we're uh, stepping out of the boundaries a little bit. Like Zach said, it's a little bit unorthodox, a different league, but I'm uh, I'm all for these different leagues. I know I wanted to kind of get into one of those guillotine leagues, but this one seems even more interesting. So I'm excited for that one. And then uh, and last, think, oh, sorry, to, sort of cut you off there, Jordan. I think um, my personal Twitter and I think um, the pods Twitter, we've we've retweeted the uh, the the creators um, Twitter handle a few times. So if you're interested in joining that league, you could probably shoot. Uh, noah a dm on twitter and you might be able to join that league and yeah. uh and compete with us absolutely yeah it's uh another opportunity to play with us so that's actually the segues perfectly into what uh we're about to go to here last but not least but probably the biggest league that we're excited about is we are introducing the inaugural first season of this the 306 ffb charity league so this is something that we've thrown around for quite some time now as soon as we started this podcast it was like hey we want to do something how are we going to get it going? 
And uh, we finally pulled the trigger. We sent it out there and we haven't talked on the pod yet at all, but we threw the uh, Instagram post and man, did we get some feedback? Like it's, we were like, okay, well, whoever like kind of first come first serve will fill it in. But man, we've had way more people reach out to us than we anticipated. So uh, we're going to leave it open for a couple weeks and then we'll do a live, a live draw for the teams for the 12, uh, 12 positions in that league. A uh, little bit of a background. We wanted to be able to reach out a little bit to our community Obviously, in Scott Fish, we've been doing that, um, and that's the premise of the whole Scott Fish League. Uh, but for us, we wanted to do something a little more local, keep some money in Saskatchewan and kind of help Saskatchewan grow Saskatchewan kind of thing, keep it on the 306 theme here. Uh, so we will be, this year, the, we'll be selecting a charity to keep the money in Saskatchewan, and um, the entry fees will go towards the charity of choice, and the winner of the league will get a bunch of prizes. And currently... Our grand prize is a signed Calvin Ridley jersey. So uh, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, we've got a lot of people interested. We've had a lot of people continue to send their uh, send their DMs asking to be in the league. So keep those coming. We'll add you to the list. And then when the time comes, we'll do our live draw for who will be in the league. So, uh, so shout out to all those people that are interested in that. Um, and then we'll kind of keep giving you some more information as, uh, as it's available. We are just making finalizing our charity of choice, making sure all the logistics are good to go with that. And, uh, and we're, uh, we're really excited to put this on. So obviously any, anytime we can put something towards a, a good cause, we're, we're, we're all there. So we're, we're really excited about this one. Any, any, uh, any two cents to throw in here, fellas? It's just really, it's really uh, interesting. I suppose we've only been doing this for, or I've only been doing this for a couple months. You guys were on the, you guys were on it for maybe a month before I joined in full time, but just to see the the support that we've gotten uh, for the charity league and the, the interest is really cool to see. Yeah. It's really nice to see those uh, people reaching out to us and, and how, how it's uh, impacting our province and we can, we can do something positive with what, uh, what we've been putting forth on the internet here. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's kind of funny. We talked about it, Armin, like our episode number one, we're like, well, if anybody listens and they're listening, we're expecting to get like two, three listeners. And now we're growing our demographics to out of, out of country and to other like multiple countries and now a charity profile. So things are moving quickly for us. And, and obviously that's a big thanks to everybody that's listening. We, we wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't listening. We've had lots of people reach out to us on our platforms asking, okay, I did my draft. What do you think about my draft team? um this happened this trade what do you think of this trade we've had lots of people reaching out to us to, for our feedback and and maybe a little bit of advice so i mean we enjoy doing that. that's why we have our platform so keep those coming in and and obviously before we get started here big shout out to everybody that's been listening and any even bigger shout out to everybody that wants to contribute to the charity league with us so so big shout out to all you guys so uh, i guess without further ado we are finally away from the dog days uh, dog days of of fantasy football and we are starting to get some news with everybody reporting to camp and and everybody getting ready for the uh, fantasy season so we got some big pieces of news here but uh the very first piece of news this is a real unfortunate one uh cam Akers, uh sophomore season was one of the prime candidates for a breakout season if you don't call last year breakout i guess when he was lighting the league on fire but uh training leading up to uh the nfl camps he tore his Achilles and will miss the 2021 season. So this is a real tough piece of news, not only for fantasy football, but obviously for Cam Akers as an individual. Uh, this is this is a tough tough piece of news to follow. So maybe Armin, what do you 
you uh you were a big cam makers fan going into the season maybe you want to take away first here well uh yeah i feel for the guy like that is a terrible injury to get it's a hard, hard one to come back for um acls nowadays aren't as bad right like it used to be a death sentence to your career um but achilles hasn't quite uh come up to the the advancements we've had with the acls um reconstruction and stuff and so i'm i'm worried not only for this season for him but his, his future in the league and i would just suck because he was a bright star heading towards uh great things with that rams offense and and I, I hope he can come back. Like you look at some recent guys like Kevin Durant, right. To who's come back from an Achilles and he's, he's uh, looking like he's back to his, his form that he was in and he's older than Cam Akers and bigger body than Cam Akers. So you got to hope that we've seen, seen a guy that has probably a worse chance of coming back from that uh, injury come back. So uh, I think Cam Akers hopefully can can come back too from it. And and as a running back, you know, like he, he's using that Achilles a lot um, with his sprinting. But um, the good thing is, is he doesn't have to jump as much as a as a, a running back as, say, a basketball player or a wide receiver, right? So um, hopefully, even if it doesn't come back 100% on his Achilles, it doesn't impact him as badly as it, it could have, right? But. Yeah, I feel for the guy. Like that's that's terrible news for him. So pivoting, I guess, a little bit. Obviously, we got to move on. Fantasy season is going to continue. Maybe Zach, maybe you want to mention to the listeners at this point. Maybe there is a sleeper that you may be going after. Do you think? Uh, do you think Henderson's the answer? Uh, where where would you be going as a Cam Akers owner? Like I know in our one league, the I've been seeing Acres offers left, right, and center. Guys been dishing him for for pretty low prices and, and maybe my opinion, but I guess it is, do you believe he's going to be able to bounce back? So if you were a Cam Akers owner, Zach, what would you be doing here now as a fantasy owner? Well, there's, there's a few different ways he can go, um, especially in like a, in a dynasty or a, or a keeper league. Um, if you have Cam Akers, lots of people have been basically selling them off for pennies on the dollar. Um, in the one dynasty league that I'm in, uh, maybe a month, month and a half ago, uh, one of the owners paid what I considered a king's ramps, ransom for for Acres, and they I think it was like three first round picks and maybe a second um, for Acres. And now That's I'm a seeing, nightmare. That is yeah, a nightmare. Yeah, like you mortgage your future um, for one player, hoping that he's going to carry 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 the squad. Um, but now I'm seeing teams being able to acquire cam acres post injury, of course, for a first in 2023. So in two years time, um, so you can, you can hold on and keep them on your IR or keep them on your bench and, and hope that he comes back ready to go for next year, or you can sell off now and just try to, you know, recuperate whatever losses you had. Um, but as far as this year, um, I don't know if Henderson is built to be a, a 20 carry, 25, 30 touch guy a week. Um, I don't think he's proven that in his time in the NFL. So lots like right now, lots of people are buying him, trying to really reach for him in drafts. 
but I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily the answer. Um, Xavier Jones, a, a younger rookie or sorry, a, a younger running back on the Rams uh, roster. Yeah. Um, and then there's um, lots of rumors of, of other more established veteran running backs possibly signing with them. So maybe going back to Todd Gurley or Lev Bell, Adrian Peterson. So right now it's hard to say what that running back room is going to look like, but the only thing we know for sure is that Cam Akers won't be there at all this year, most likely. You know, another name that has been getting thrown out there is Duke Johnson as well Yeah. Um, for, <laughs> for the Rams as a potential guy to come in. Um, I agree with you, Zach, about Henderson. Um, and you look at the Rams track record with Henderson, right? They wouldn't have drafted Akers a year after drafting Henderson if they thought Henderson was the guy, right? And they also wouldn't have given the reins back to Ake or given the reins to Akers at the end of the season last year when he came back from injury, even though Henderson was doing all right, right? So they, uh, I saw Henderson. It, they don't have faith. No, I I saw a bunch of reports that was from the Rams saying, "Oh, we're." At this point, we're not going to be picking up a veteran. We're kind of moving forward with what we got. So I'm, I kind of took that as we don't like any guys right now. Like that's any of the availability. So I've seen some rumors that they're waiting to see who cut candidates are like, like a Mark Ingram, or uh, I'm trying to think who else are like kind of bubble guys, like, um, Sony, Michelle, maybe Sony, Sony, Michelle, Marlon. Yeah. Like all those types of guys that are cut candidates that once they're cut, you're going to pick them up. I mean, is like a Marlon Mack, a Sony Michelle better than a Lev Bell or an AP? Well, probably. And you, and you might get a little bit of longevity out of them too. Um, so I've, I've seen the directions of that too. So, I mean, if that's where you're going to want to plant your flag, maybe that's the direction. But at this point, it's kind of a dart throwing yours, hoping for the best because really nobody knows it. The, the wound is still fresh and they're still trying to process where they're going to go with this. From a Super Bowl contender that wanted to run the ball and rely on their defense, I think this gives a big, I shouldn't say a big tick up, but I think now you can trust the the pass game of the Rams a little bit more because I don't think they can rely on the, on the run game. Like they, like they wanted to, to begin with the season. So. Yeah, I um, think the, the good news for the good news for the Rams is now they have Stafford, right? If this happened last year with golf, um, they would be in a pretty, pretty poor spot. I think. Yeah. Can't, can't trust them to throw the ball downfield when you're behind in games. Like, I saw a thing was his last four professional snaps for the Rams was like an incomplete pass, a minus three check down completion, incomplete pass and like interception or like, so it was, it was like not good. And then they decided <laughs> we're, we're going in a different direction. And, and I mean, everybody knows where I stand with Matt Stafford. I think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL by a landslide. He's one of the toughest quarterbacks in the NFL and he's a gunslinger. So well, uh, I'm excited to see. I, I hope he does well. I mean, if the Rams do poorly, Lions get a better draft pick. But I, uh, I would, I love Nathan Moore to see Matty Stafford win a win a ring. So I'll be a bandwagon Sam or a bandwagon um, Rams fan. I think this upcoming season or two. So um, you know moving that, on. Sorry, go ahead, Armin. Well, I was gonna say that that Rams team is it's built beyond their run game, right? Like they have a great defense and oh, it's they incredible. have their receiving game, like. Losing acres isn't going to destroy their season, but it hurts a lot of fantasy players. Absolutely. Okay, so moving on to probably the 
second most or maybe most shocking news but second most important news here Richard Sherman who by all accounts would be I would categorize as a stand-up guy did a lot of stuff with the league a lot of stuff for back at home he was he built himself up from essentially the ground up um this one was a interesting piece of news and a little bit of tough one to swallow I guess but Richard Sherman was booked on domestic violence charges there's still news and reports coming out they denied his bail um, so it's not looking like a good situation here for, uh, for Richard Sherman, who, at, who was a free agent still looking for a pickup, sounded like he was potentially going to be um, signing prior to this. He, they had put out a couple teams that he was interested in. Um, I know he wanted to maybe go to the Jets and follow uh, Salah, but obviously uh, I think his time in the NFL is looking like it will be over whether or not he is um, – he's incarcerated or not so this was uh this was a tough one maybe not so much fantasy news but more nfl news but it was uh, it was a shocking piece of news so anything to uh, anything to add to that one fellas um yeah it's really sad to see um just another reminder that uh like mental health is is health alone so um i'm sure whatever he's going through right now um there's a, there's a reason for it so my hope is that he gets the help he needs uh, one way or the other and that he's uh, able to live a fulfilling, you know, remainder of his personal and professional career. So. Absolutely. Um, so this one, this piece of news broke uh, here the other day, COVID-19 policy, and there was some controversy. And I think this follows up from the whole Cole Beasley situation and the, I, I don't know if I call him an anti-vaxxer, but just refusing to get the vaccination. You know, he's been pretty public about it. The NFL is taking a stance and saying that if they cannot reschedule a game and you have people on your team that are not vaccinated, your team will forfeit and automatically take the loss. So there was some big implications out of this. DeAndre Hopkins put out a tweet basically being like, NFL changes or I'm retiring, obviously paraphrasing, but it was pretty, pretty damn close to that. Uh, he ended up deleting it about 15 minutes later, but not to follow by 50,000 screenshots he had got. So, um, I mean, I think the NFL's, taking the right stance on this. Like they're a business. If they lose games, they lose money. So they're trying to do what they need to do to make sure that games are going to happen. They obviously, it was a gong show last year. They did what they had to do. But um, I mean, even, so I'm going to take, take the reins here and see what you guys think about my opinion. But like there's, if you're an anti-vaxxer, that's fine. That's your personal belief. That's your own opinion. I disagree with you, but that doesn't mean you're wrong. Like you can, you can do whatever you want to do, but there is other options to protect yourself from the COVID-19 virus other than vaccinations like if, if you're an anti-vaxxer that means you're roaming around in the facilities wearing a mask you're you're doing your separations there's other things you can do and if you're just choosing not to do those things and not to do your vac vaccination then you're just being a selfish individual and you're putting your team's record or your team's super bowl opportunities at risk so even if you're an anti-vaxxer you have opportunities to basically protect yourself and protect your teammates right uh, and if you're refusing to do both then that puts you in a situation where you are the selfish individual and you care more about yourself than you do your teammates. So that's my personal opinion. I don't care if you're a vaccinator, if you're an anti-vaccinator. I know all of us on this podcast, we got our vaccines and we we're very grateful for that. But um, I think some of those guys that are going out there and being like, well, I'm not getting a vaccine and I refuse to wear a mask anymore. It's like, well, now your team, your organization has an opportunity to be upset with you, I think, because you're putting your own personal, personal beef, I guess, over your team so I mean what do you guys think about that do you agree disagree I I agree and I, I take it one step further um my understanding is 
if the game has to be uh, forfeited because a unvaccinated player uh, causes a outbreak, not only are the players on that team where the outbreak occurred, but the players on the other team aren't compensated for that week of pay. They don't get their game checks. Yeah. So I think a lot of the a lot of the anger amongst the players, um, it, you know, it's twofold. Players are upset about, or players that don't want to be vaccinated are upset because this is really strong arming them in a sense to get a vaccine. And then the other players would be upset because I'm doing my business. I'm doing my part, but still my game check might be on the line. Yeah. So really far reaching implications for sure. Yeah. It's, it's one thing when your personal decisions affect yourself, your life, that kind of stuff, whatever decision you make. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever you like, as long as it doesn't affect outside people but when your decisions start to affect other people and other people's lives and put other people in danger then that's when it does start to become a bit of a problem right well and the nfl is a multi-billion dollar operation like losing one game is a lot of money so it's like it's a it's a business they see dollar signs and when they see the dollar signs being eliminated they're not going to be okay with that right so i mean you got to understand from the business side too but I mean, we still got some time here. We're going to see what happens. I think I can imagine the COVID is close to as behind us as possible. I can't imagine we're going to have a Denver situation where you're having a, having a receiver and a running back lead your quarterback room. I can't imagine that's going to happen this year, but I mean, only time will tell. So um, talking about the a couple of pieces of news and notes here that we're going to go through kind of quickly. We talked about this one a ton, but Aaron Rodgers decides uh, that no Green Bay it does not matter about money. All I thought about was the Joker Joker situation where he's burning the pile of money and he goes, this principle is bigger than money. He uh, declines a two-year extension that would have made him the highest paid NFL player. And now even snowballing now, it's not just QB1, it's also a receiver one. Adams now has broken away from long-term extension talks and uh, is no longer engaging in in uh, extension conversations. So now Green Bay is at risk of losing QB one and wide receiver one. So, I mean, even if Rogers plays this year, it's, it's full on Super Bowl or boss. Like you might be the worst team in the NFC North come next year. Like my lines might be in third. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, first of all, I think after having some conversations, I think, I think the chances of him playing is increasing. I think they're like, I think he's likely to play and not retire, but I don't think he's going to get traded. I think he's just going to take his lumps this year and then go win a Super Bowl in Denver next year. Like, I think that's a high, high probability, but um, man, oh man, Green Bay. If I was a Green Bay fan right now, I would be panicking a little bit. And like, I mean, Jordan Love, I don't know that he's the answer. Like uh, we haven't really seen him yet in a professional snap really, uh, or at least um, in a, a legit game situation. So who knows, maybe he'll come out and shock some people, kind of like Roger shocked the world when uh, Favre left. But, um, I mean, this this is a panic button, I think, right now for if you're a Green Bay Packers fan. Yeah. You I know, wonder how fast, though, Adams would come back to the negotiation table once Rogers or if Rogers resigns. Immediately. Yeah. I, I would imagine that this yeah. might be a little bit of um, – almost strong-arming the Drama, Packers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, like, 
I don't want to come back here for five more years if if Jordan loves the quarterback. Well, I saw you guys, you guys see the Devontae Adams reports about him wanting to be back with Carr. Yeah. So I, I, I imagine he's going to either follow Rodgers wherever he goes or he's going to get back with Carr. Like if Rodgers goes to Denver, well, Denver's got a pretty big receiving room. So, I mean, unless yeah. all of a sudden there's a trade that happens or – but if, if say, Rodgers ends up in, I don't know, like uh, let's like try to think of a team that doesn't – like say Philadelphia, a little bit of a struggling receiver room. Well, then Devontae Adams is going to step in there and your receiver one immediately. Like, yeah, inter- interesting to follow that as the season progresses. Um, you know, oh, go ahead, Derman. Sorry, I was just gonna like, I, I almost appreciate Rodgers a lot more after this one, too. Uh, um, he is showing that it's about the principle of it and he's not going to be bought out, it's not about the money, it's none of that. And he's kind of been saying that the whole time, but he did an action here that that showed that he's holding to that literally Um, literally putting his money where his mouth was literally yeah yeah and so i really appreciate that with him um that it isn't about that um and he's holding true to that so um kudos to you rogers that way i'm kind of getting on rogers bandwagon here with that um and then adams um i think with with him wanting to be with with rogers it's it's also showing he wants to win it's it's uh, not about the money for him either. It's and a lot more athletes. It's showing that they're more about um, the results. They want to see the results, and they'll they'll take a little bit less money if it means that they have a good chance of winning. Absolutely, so I appreciate that with Adams as well. Absolutely. Okay, so no, it's, it's pretty easy. Oh, sorry, ahead. one more thing. Yep. It's pretty easy to turn down that the highest paid extension if you're Rogers, because you're Aaron Rodgers, like you've already secured the bag multiple times. And you'll probably get that on your next team. Like you'll get a big, big check on your next team, regardless, I think. Exactly. Like, because of that, you have that privilege. You can do stuff like this. Like Brian Hoyer isn't doing this. No. Um, Right. Like, you know, random QB three from the NFC South isn't doing this. Like, no. Yeah. All right, wrapping up our insiders and headliners this week. A few guys come out with on the pop list, COVID list, and then also potentially going on the IR here. Uh, so Michael Thomas is going to miss some time. He had the surgery for his ankle in June, which comes with a four-month recovery period. So there's a good chance that uh, he's going to miss a good chunk of time coming into the NFL season. So uh, already a bunch of question marks around Michael Thomas and the Saints. Uh, not great news. I'm just going to list this off and then we can kind of talk about a few things after there. Pop list, Saquon Barkley and Amari Cooper. Uh, So once again, Saquon Barkley, there's been more and more reports about his week one being in jeopardy. Amari Cooper, who is one of my favorite targets um, on the pop list, now coming in the season with some question marks, his ADP is going to continuously drop. So, I mean, I might be really more inclined to maybe jumping on him at a a discount. And then finally, uh, Kadarius Toney, the New York Giants rookie receiver, has been placed on the COVID IR too. So as we get rolling here into the season, we're going to get more and more reports, but um, some big names to start the season with question marks already fellas. It's uh, as draft season. I think these are going to be some things we're going to really have to pay attention to how the development comes, how the healing comes because you don't heal in the NFL season. Like you get more and more beat up as the season progresses. So when you start already banged up, that does not give me any boat of confidence for your longevity to make it in an extended season this year. So uh, what do you guys figure about any of those particular names? 
with the with the Michael Thomas news, I wonder how this impacts the the quarterback situation for the Saints. Um, I I think I can make the argument that this this hurts Winston more than it does Hill. Um, with with Thomas gone, that leaves you know Trotman, Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, and Alvin Kamara as really the the only notable um, skill skill position players on that team um, that w- that Jameis Winston would be relying on. But if you, if you start Taysom Hill, I think Hill has that added value of his legs. So I think this it could put Hill in a advantageous spot where where now he's possibly getting more of a look, more playing time because he can make things happen with I his totally legs. Totally agree with you. So I think they, they could make the transition when when uh, when Thomas comes back or, or maybe at the bye week. But I think, yeah, like with women with Winston, he's a gunslinger, but Hill can make it happen. I think I totally agree with you there, Zach. Or they'll put Hill at receiver. Yeah. 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 <laughs> really? Who, Why not? Yeah. He can do everything. Yeah. Put him at guard. Yeah. The what do they call him? Utility knife. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Barkley starting on the pup list that doesn't worry me too much you guys both drafted him in your your scotty fish bowl right um and he's still got a high um adp as well not where he used to be but high enough um i think he he's he's coming in from rehab right so it's not a recent injury that he's trying to heal and trying to speed up the recovery to get back on the field um, it's just showing that they're taking their time, making sure that he is 100% before he hits the field. So I think when when Barkley comes back, he's going to come back with a vengeance, um, and he's going to be probably more rested than he was the year before kind of thing. So um, fingers, even though he misses crossed. a few weeks, he'll make it up for you. Fingers crossed. That's a big name to be coming on the pop. And we talked about it before. You want to avoid risk in the first round. Well, I don't know if it gets much more risky than a back-end first Saquon Barkley with a – ankle injury or knee injury whatever the heck it was sorry yeah it's uh it's, it's risk but i mean big risk big reward if you can get barkley in the back end and he plays the full season then you're laughing so um keep trade cuts here moving on to our keep trade cut of the episode year two running backs uh we had acres in here unfortunately I have to take him out so it's going to change this up i thought at first it was going to be a real interesting one it was ceh gibson and then we had acres but we swapped acres with swift so maybe it makes uh, Armin's decision may be a little bit easier here. So we'll, let's see what Armin has to say. Uh, year two running back, keep trade cut, CEH, Gibson, Swift. Let's hear it, Armin. All right. So when I was looking at this, um, I first said keep Gibson, but I couldn't think of why. I was like, I just like him. And then I had to think about it. Like, why do I want to keep Gibson um, over CEH or Swift? And it's, I like his measurables. He's an explosive playmaker. He has that explosive playmaking ability and three down ability, right? Like he started as a receiver, moved to the running back position in college um, or partway through his college career, right? So he can catch the ball. We know he can catch the ball really well. Um, he, he's a bit bigger than, than he looks on the field. Like he's actually, I think, 6'1", um, 10, 220 pounds, something like that, right? So he, he's a bigger body than, than he looks too, right? So 
he could be a big weapon in the receiving game and he he has shown he he can take it to the house when he's running too right um and then also out of all three of those guys he has the least tread on his tires from college right um so that means that he could potentially have a longer nfl career than the other two guys just because of that right his body's not as worn down and he can take take a little bit longer beating in the nfl um, I then put trade CEH um, out of him and Swift. He has the highest value right now, um, giving me a better return on that investment, um, which means that I have to cut Swift as sad as it is. I mean, out of those three guys, he had the highest potential coming out of college, right? He was the more hyped of the three guys, um, but he just hasn't flashed quite yet. Um, so I'd rather play it safe at this point out of those three, like given this scenario where I have to keep one trade, one cut the other, I'd rather just play it safe. And he could end up being the best of the three yet, put up the best, um, best fantasy points. Um, but he just, he hasn't shown production yet. So I think I had to cut him. Zach agree. Uh, this is so hard because they're going off of uh, fantasy pros going off their, their rankings. Um, they have Gibson as RB 12 Swift as RB 16 CEH is RB 17. Like they're all right there. And I can make the argument that any one of those three should be the best out of the bunch. Um, but I do agree with Armand. I would probably keep Gibson. Um, I have him in a couple of leagues and I, I just, I, I like what he brings to the table, especially in uh, PPR leagues. Um, and then Swift and CEH, that's a toss-up. Um, I think we we might be selling Swift a little short, um, but I could be convinced to, to cut Swift if I had to. Um, I guess with like the, the, the whole idea of a trade, um, I don't know, like whichever one of them could bring me back the best return is who I would trade essentially. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're all, you can't go wrong, especially if you're getting them in the, the second or third round, you, you can't go wrong with yeah, any I'm of those. A, I'm a little contrary. And once again, I guess I'm uh, off the beaten path of you guys for the second or third week in a row here. Um, I'm going to keep CEH. You guys know where my stance is on him. He was my hot take and he's my, he's my bread and butter late second early third round picks this year so i'm a, I'm a big ceh guy and that's drafting at his floor if uh he was the 107 106 last year obviously so uh and then i'm going to trade gibson i think he carries the most value obviously as you guys had mentioned you guys want to keep him so there's a lot of people i think would agree with you so if i can trade him and get more value he's probably going to bring the best bang for my buck and uh swift everybody knows where i'm standing with jamal williams i think he's going to eat into the production a lot this year and I am genuinely a little bit concerned about uh, Swift's concussion stuff. He had uh, he had one in college, and now he missed some time with, uh, with concussion this past year, and he's been battling it a little bit. Uh, I love Swift. I think he's an incredible player. I was super pumped when the Lions drafted him. I was, like, ecstatic. Um, but I am a little bit concerned about his concussions. So putting the risk-reward in that situation, I would cut Swift. I would trade Gibson for the value and keep CEH as he is my higher perceived uh, running back out of the three. So a little bit contrarian, but to each your own. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, let's get uh, the offseason segment going. Uh, ways to modify your league. So this actually kind of worked out pretty good. A good buddy of mine and, uh, and friend of the show here, 
he texted me and he goes, Hey man, like I got a segment idea for you. I, uh, my league is changing to fab and, uh, I want to, I want you to talk about fab. I want to know about fab. I want to know how much money you should be spending. And I was like, Hey, well, this is perfect. We're our next episode is way to modify your league ways, ways to change it, ways to make it more interesting, maybe more competitive. And fab is one of the first uh, concepts that we're going to talk about. So for those of you at home that uh, don't know what fab is, fab is a free agent acquisition budget. Uh, so instead of a waiver priority where last place gets first priority, unless you use it, so on and so forth, uh, fab is a pretend allotment of money and you can set it, whatever it's pretty standard. It's a hundred dollars. Uh, but it's like fake money that you can spend on free agents. So um, in the idea, week one, all of a sudden, like uh, Justin Jefferson goes off, you want to pick him up. I put a bid, a blind bid on how much I want to purchase essentially Justin Jefferson. And I'm competing against league mates across the board and I need to outbid them. So the, the interesting thing about fab is I could put down my whole hundred dollars. But if somebody else only put down $2, I still spent my whole $100 on fab, which obviously I would not recommend because <laughs> it's a gamble, right? And you want to be able to have that money come down the stretch. You lose a running back and all of a sudden you got no depth and you need to purchase a running back and you have no fab. It's kind of unfortunate. But at the same time, you kind of want to put your money where your mouth is. If you believe in a guy, you better pay up because other people are going to be trying to do the same. So um, the one reason I really like fab in comparison to uh, – free agents, free agent acquisition, like the, um, the uh, priority order is it adds another aspect of competition and it adds another aspect of strategy. Okay. So put into example, us three were all in a league together this past year and a guy dropped Michael Thomas. Well, if he dropped Michael Thomas and there's fab, I'd have been going hard in the paint to spend a lot of money on fab to try and purchase Michael Thomas, where we have a, our league was a waiver priority just next guy up automatically got him. So it stacked his team up. Thank God Michael Thomas didn't really have the year everybody anticipated. So his team <laughs> didn't roll into the championship. But um, that's another situation where it adds more competition and more strategy. So, I mean, um, I think all of my leagues are officially in fab now too. We're, our league, we're, we're in there, Armin, you're the commish. That's one of the rule propositions I'm proposing is that we switch it to fab away from uh, waiver priority. So which would mean all my leagues are in fab. And I, I love it. So I, let's see, the, what do you guys think about the FAB versus the uh, waiver priority? It, uh, it adds a little bit of strategy for sure. Like looking at uh, this past season where James Robinson emerged in the, the first week or two of the season, um, C, or CMC goes down and Mike Davis emerges early on in the season. Those two guys were, were league winners for a lot of people and people with that were bidding with fab, they had to decide, do I blow a, a portion of my fab, a large portion of my fab budget to secure a potential RB1 or RB2? Um, so when, when I'm bidding with fab, I'm always thinking as in terms of percentages, is this person worth 20% of my fab is this person worth 10% of my fab um and it I don't have a way of doing it like a like a set way um of doing it I just it takes practice like anything else um I think the first time I played in a league with fab I bid like a exorbitant amount of uh my budget 
after David Johnson got hurt, and I think it was Chase Edmonds was RB2 in Arizona, and it backfired like pronto. Um, I was I was never able to recover because I think I blew 40% of my budget. Yeah. So you do have to be strategic. We, we had in it's our not always league, next. Our, our St. Mary League was it who was it that dropped all hundred dollars on one player? I can try to remember who that was. Oh. That was like our first year we did uh, fab, and it was like week three. They had an injury and they dropped a hundred hundred sheets on a player. I can't remember. So like, I couldn't agree more with what Zach's saying. You go, you attack it as a percentage. So as the season progresses, when we're talking about fab, we'll say if you're gonna want to pick this player up, here's what I would recommend. And like Zach said, there's no real like calculation that you're going to say like this person has this potential to break you don't know right for how many justin jeffersons there are there's just that many Corey davises in his rookie season you know like there's there's just a percentage of going one way and all of a sudden you spend 50 percent of your fab and then the player you drop them the next week like there's no rhyme or reason it's just essentially gut feeling so when we talk about i would say 30 percent on this guy that's just i have that much confidence in him personally and maybe Zach is only saying he would only spend 5%. And that's the beauty of fab is that you kind of have that gut feeling and you have to spend what you need to spend to try and beat the other person. Like I think a couple of years ago when uh, George Kittle, there was people that were needing a tight end. He had a huge, I think it was week one or week two. And people trying to figure out how much do I spend on George Kittle? And the people that were spent, there's some people that spent 50% of their fab and they thought that was incredibly stupid and then he ended up being tight end two that year and you picked him up off fab right so it comes down to a gut feeling i could not agree more with zach when you say percentage because you can say i would spend fifty dollars but if you only have fifty dollars then i obviously that's your entire budget if you only have twenty dollars and i'd say spend twenty dollars that's your whole budget so when it comes down to fab you got to think about a percentage i could not agree with you more zach okay so last last thing i'm going to mention here about fab is uh if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Okay. So like, there's no point in sitting on $60 worth of fab at the end of the season and hoping for the best. Like really, when you think about it like this, the sooner you buy a player, the more games you have the potential to use them. So if you buy a player in week one, week two, you can use them for the next 13, 14 weeks. You buy a player with in week 14, you only get them for two weeks, right? So me personally, I like to use my fab pretty early in the year. And I'm going to go hard in the paint for the guys that I think are true breakout candidates, guys that were undrafted, but all of a sudden had a really good week one or maybe a good week two, and you have the potential to have them on your team for the rest of the year. I'm going to spend more fab on those guys. Now, I like having a little bit of fab at the end of the year. Say I'm in playoffs. Um, I want to be able to have like five, ten dollars So if I have an injury in playoffs, I'm going to use that last little bit just to, just to either block my opponent or to solidify my team for the semifinals finals whatever it is but armin made a really good point leading up to uh before the episode here he said he you also have to do it accordingly to your league like if you know guys in your league really fire out a uh, waiver wire uh budget or your fab sorry uh early then you're gonna have to compete with it early or if they hold on to it then maybe you can spend a little bit less so the first year might be a little bit of hiccups but once you get used to it you're gonna understand your league and you're gonna know how much they're paying like like last year in our dynasty league, me and Zach were both competing for Miles Gaskins. And I said, I believe in Miles Gaskins. I think I spent 40 bucks on him or 45 bucks. And Zach texted me, he goes, Holy, like you are going all in on Gaskins. And it paid out for me. I used him all year. He was a staple of my running back room. And then I ended up flipping him for a first at the end of the year. So 
turning $45 of my fab into a first round pick kind of worked out for me. But like I said, as many times as it goes one way, it can easily go the other way too. So, so uh, we'll, as the season goes on, we'll mention, cause we're in fab league. So when we're talking about pickups for mid season, stuff like that, we'll say like, I would spend this percentage on this guy. So like, say like Elijah Moore goes undrafted, he booms week one. Well, and I'd be pretty confident with maybe dropping 40, 50 fab on the guy. If you're really confident with them, you know, like if, like, especially in that where there's the competition for wide receiver one, you know, maybe like um, Rashad Bateman, all of a sudden is the Baltimore's receiver one. He goes undrafted. Well, maybe you're going to spend, you're going to spend a little bit more because he had a big week one and, and so on and so forth. So we'll keep you guys posted on the fab, but if your league is not in that, I would highly recommend transitioning from priority to fab. It adds a little bit of uh, like Zach had mentioned, add some strategy to your league. One more little nugget of advice for fab too is construct your drafted roster so that there's some guys that you're going to know after week one or week two that you can cut loose for those guys that you want to go after in fab. Excellent. Like, advice. Pick guys you want, but know that you will know after a few weeks there whether or not they can stay on your team. Excellent advice. Couldn't agree with you more, Armand. Um, okay, so another way to modify your leagues, I'm going to talk about your draft order. So some leagues um, will do it just plain Jane, reverse order of how you finished last year. That's your order going to the next year. Well, that's not fun. That's not entertaining. Let's get some engagement. Let's have some fun with your league. So uh, for us in our staff league, we are trying to figure out a way to make that more engaging. We're trying to find a way that we're going to get the draft order to have a little more fun. In the past, we just pulled names and that's what it was. It's not that fun. It's not that engaging. So I'm going to give you some ideas if you want to change your league to see about how you can uh, modify your draft orders. Okay, so the first one, uh, this is a fun one. I've seen this on Twitter lots and I know a couple buddies that do this. They do the Royal Rumble. Whether you're playing the game or you're watching a previous Royal Rumble, <clears throat> you get... Say it's a 10-team league. There's 50 guys in a Royal Rumble, or I, I can't remember exactly how many. I think it's 50, but then each guy will get five numbers randomly, and then as they enter, that's your guy. So whoever wins the Royal Rumble gets 101. Whoever's guy is second gets 102, et cetera, et cetera. So I've seen that one before. Everybody sits in a room and watches a Royal Rumble, and and um, obviously you're cheering for a WWE guy at random order. You don't know who you got, and you're like, oh, no, I got Rey Mysterio. Oh, that sucks. But then all of a sudden he wins and it's like, oh, okay, well, 101, here we go. Thanks, Rey Mysterio. You know what I mean? Like have a little fun that way and it adds a complete randomness to your to your draft order. Um, another one that I've seen is uh, the Super Smash Bros competition where you, <laughs> you play Smash Bros and the winner gets the pick. But uh, personally, I like the ones where it's complete random, where there's zero skill. Like myself, I would get destroyed in a Super Smash Bros, and I'd be probably drafting 12 or 11 spot every single year. So that's a bit of a tough one. Uh, so I like the random ones. So I'll give you a couple more randoms. Uh, this one was an interesting one. Um, so for leagues like ourselves, uh, we do the loser has to host um, a, like a nice supper or whatever dinner, and then the draft the upcoming year. Uh, so this one's called the song shuffle. Everybody picks their favorite song and puts it in the playlist. And as you're having your dinner, you're making the supper, you put the playlist on shuffle. And uh, as the songs come on, that's your draft order. So say Zach song comes on first. Well, he's drafting from the 12 spot, then Armin's, then he's the 11, then me, the 10, and so on and so forth until the last song on the shuffle is the uh, 101. So uh, that's an interesting one. Once again, complete randomness. 
Um, this one I will say is uh, I'll give shout outs to Dwayne Garrow. He was a uh, big friend of the pod and he was on uh, one of our first couple episodes. This one's called the pizza delivery shuffle. So here in, in Prince Albert, we have a, an oddly high number of pizza joints in the town here. Um, so he came up with this idea. We were going to do it this past year, but with COVID, it just didn't work out um, that each person at the same time orders pizza or some sort of fast food from a different pizza place or fast food joint. And uh, as they come to the location and they're paid, that's your draft order. So the fastest would be 101, so on and so forth until you fill out the draft. So that's kind of a fun one that uh, I'll give shout outs to Dwayne. He gave us that idea. Uh, the next one, and I'll conclude with these ones, is the uh, sporting events. Uh, so I've seen where, the, where you get random teams from either March Madness or random golfers from the Masters or NBA Finals, NHL Finals, etc. Uh, so you completely at random get teams and then that's who you're cheering for. And as they finish the, uh, the playoffs or whatever it may be, then that is your, your draft spot. So I've seen those in the past too. Um, there's a lot of fun ways you can do it. I know there's a lot more and I've, I've heard a lot more, but those are some of the more common ones. Just uh, a way to be able to add... Um, just a sense of randomness and a little bit of uh, engagement in your league leading up to the draft, a little bit of excitement. So are those ones, fellas, which one's your favorites? I want to add one more, one more thing to those. Um, So for, for any of those, well, let's use the uh, like the pizza delivery one, for example, if I would get, like if my pizza was delivered first and I, I win the, the race per se, um, it, the way you described it, Armand, I would be pick or sorry, Jordan, I'd be picking 101, correct? Um, I might suggest instead of being forced to have the 101, you got to pick your spot. I get to pick my spot yeah. because the other, yeah. the other wrinkle like, to it. As good as you know, CMC or maybe Mahomes, if it's a super flex league, is um, I might not want to have to wait 23, 24 picks until my next selection. I might really value because I think there's depth this year picking 11 or 12 and then getting that quick turn. So I'm getting two top 14, two top 15 players. So um, I would, I would give it so that that person has the choice because I've had one-on-one a few times and it's great because you get your Barkley, but that weight really thins out the talent pool. Yeah. I like, I like it. Yeah, I agree with you there, Zach, for sure. Okay, so Armin, do you wanna do you wanna tell us a little bit about the modifications for the leagues for uh, maybe some punishments? Yeah, let's uh, get to it. Before I start that, uh, one thing for draft orders too that uh, more in a dynasty perspective is the disrespect draft order. Oh yeah, um, is a is a fun way to do it too, where um, the the guy who would normally have that first overall pick. Um, because he lost the league or whatever, he would then instead um, of having the 101 the next year, he picks a team from the league that he thinks will do the worst, and he is picking their their spot for for the draft pick next year. In uh, we do one of the disrespects in one of our dynasty leagues, actually the one that you guys had just joined in. Uh, one of the guys he won the league the year prior, and then in the disrespect he got the last pick. So then he ended up picking who he figured would probably obviously just left over. So who the league figured would win it. 
And then that team ended up just succumbing to like so much injury and he ended up getting like the 102 pick the year following. So he ended up winning the league and getting the 102. It's like, oh man, disrespect. <laughs> Sneaky. So that's the only time you'd ever see something like that. But that's a good mention to their arm. I like it. Yeah. All right. So before I go into punishments, I want to preface it with a little bit of this. Uh, set it, set your punishment before you draft um, and make sure that everyone is on board with the punishment, right? You don't, don't want to end up having a punishment and then the guy who loses not wanting to do it because he's too embarrassed to do it or something like that, right? So make sure everybody is willing to actually do that punishment that you guys set because then it's just more fun, right? It, it sucks if a guy doesn't do it. And then that punishment that you thought was awesome just doesn't happen anyways, right? Um, so some of the punishments that, uh, that you guys can do out there. Um, so the one that Jordan's talked about with our uh, staff league is the loser hosts, right? So the loser of the previous year, he, he hosts the draft the next year. He has to put out a good spread and make sure there's, there's a good meal for everybody and, and have a little bit of a party at his house, I guess, at, uh, at his expense of, for, for the whole league. And, and that one's pretty fun. And it's a good way to bring everybody together as well. It's a, it's a good camaraderie um, one. Uh, another uh, another punishment is the Waffle House or McDonald's 24-hour challenge, which Jordan's having to do here. Um, that one's lots of fun, and he can film it, and then everyone can see it. So that one's a good one if if everybody in the league isn't in the same city, right? It, you can kind of do that from, from a distance. Um, next one is the loser buys the winner's favorite NFL team merch and uh, you can do it where he has to wear it right and and take pictures post it on social media stuff like that right you could even take it and uh, the loser has to to make a post on social media about the the winner's favorite NFL team about how much they like that team or something you know um, kind of really make rub it in their their face a little bit um, the next one is some embarrassment ones right so you can do karaoke um so the the loser has to go and and the team or the league picks a embarrassing song for the loser to do karaoke to at the bar or or wherever you have karaoke in your city um along with karaoke you could do a tiktok dance right you could you can make the loser you pick a popular tiktok dance that's out there right now and and they have to film it and just do a one-off and an embarrassing dance for them to post on social media. Um, you can do a speedo walk where the loser has to wear a speedo and go walking around the neighborhood, right? Uh, that's a little embarrassing. You're getting some good eyebrows and stuff. Um, you could even make them hold a sign while they do it, right? I lost fantasy football. You see a lot um, of that on Twitter. It's so classic. <laughs> yeah. To go along with that, right? Like, you could, you could do that more than just with a walk, right? You could have them, if you live in the mountains or something, right? Have them go skiing down the mountain in a Speedo or, or something like that, right? Uh, like, think about how funny that would be. Or surfing if you live on the coast, right? Stuff like that. So just be, be creative with where you live for that, that Speedo walk, right? You could have them do a variety of different things. Um, the loser has to enter a marathon. There's another one that would be, be tough right like it doesn't matter if they can't run a marathon they can walk it at least right enter the marathon do their best and have, have the guys come out and cheer them on as they run the marathon right 
I think um, I would rather do that one than the McDonald's challenge. <laughs> like seven hour marathon or like 14 hours of crushing burgers at McDonald's. I think I'd rather do the marathon. A bit better for your health too, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, another one is a, a polar swim, right? In, in Canada, that's a popular thing where, where people get in the, the cold ice water in the dead of winter and have to go for a little bit of a swim. You could do that. Um, no way. I leave the league. I'm done. <laughs> Not a chance. I would say with that one, just make sure you're being safe with that one, not giving the guy hypothermia. Have have warm blankets ready and make sure you go directly back into the house or something. But um, one of my leagues, it's a very small league, and I lost I lost this league. I haven't done it yet. I do plan on doing it. I just haven't had the time yet. But uh, uh, boudoir calendar. So have the loser make a calendar and give it to all the, the guys in the league and then have an embarrassing calendar of yourself out there. But that's good stuff. I like that one a lot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if, if you guys are listening in that, uh, in, in that league, uh, I'm sorry, I haven't done it yet. I do plan on doing it. It's been a while, but, uh, eventually I'll get it out to you. <laughs> all right. Uh, so some good punishments there. Oh, hopefully your league adapts when we've got just kind of the mild one, like, like, uh, Armin had mentioned, but Man, would I love to add something a little bit crazy in there and get get a little bit more of the excitement in the league. But uh, well done, Armin, with the punishments. Uh, Zach, do you want to take us away here with uh, with some of the league settings to maybe modify some of the leads to make it maybe a little more engaging? Yeah, you betcha. Um, so I think when we when we all started playing fantasy, my guess would be that it was like a standard uh, settings. So you'd have your your one quarterback, your two running backs, your three receivers, a tight end, maybe a flex, and then your kickers and your defense. And there was there's no uh, points per reception. Probably four points for a quarterback touchdown, six points for uh, a running back receiver or tight end touchdown. Um, now with the different uh, like platforms, NFL, Yahoo, ESPN sleeper uh mfl different platforms are really adapting and introducing new settings that you can easily add to your league um i will say though just like armin mentioned you do or you should have a consensus amongst the members of your league if you are going to add or take away any of these scoring or roster settings um, the first one I'll talk about is just making that change from standard to PPR. And uh, we all, we've all mentioned it plenty of times, but if, if you keep on wondering what the hell are we talking about, uh, PPR is just points per reception. So that means for every reception that your receiver or your running back or your tight end gets, that player gets one point to go along with the yards that they accumulate or the touchdown that they score. Um, so PPR is really becoming the new standard, I would say. It's becoming much more popular. And I think standard scoring is kind of going the way of the dinosaur. Um, to build on top of that, different platforms now, you can make it so different positions get different PPR scoring. So something that we've talked about is making it so that the receivers receive a full point per reception and that the running backs receive a half a point per reception. 
And that just really helps balance out the, the scoring settings for those positions, uh, making the receivers a little bit more valuable and lowering the, uh, I guess, the, the high scoring running backs. Um, and then another very similar thing would be the, the tight end premium which I think is becoming more common, especially in the past couple of years. And the, the tight end premium just means that if a receiver and the running backs, for example, get half a point per reception, the tight end would get the, the half a point per reception as well as an additional half a point per reception. So they'd be getting a full point per reception, whereas the receivers and running backs might just be getting a half a point per reception. And the reason uh, leagues do that is because as it is, tight ends are very, like, unless you have like a Waller or a Kelsey or, or a Kittle, most tight ends are very touchdown dependent to put up big scores. So by giving them the, the extra half a point, you're still getting decent uh, weekly production out of like, a middling tight end, like a tight end seven. Um, another setting that's becoming more popular that I'm seeing in some of my leagues is changing the quarterbacks uh, from four points per touchdown to six points uh, per touchdown. And that's just raising the value of the quarterbacks that score uh, large numbers of touchdowns, raising the values of the Mahomes, uh, the Rodgers, uh, maybe like the Peyton Mannings and Tom Brady's from years past, uh, because like it's great to have a Mahomes, but without making that change, you can have a guy like I don't know, like Danny Dimes, like kind of like a, a quarterback twenty, still put up a pretty good or a pretty comparable week, but by adding those extra two points, it really makes that distinction between the, the really valuable, the really good quarterbacks and the, the less valuable, uh, less talented quarterbacks. Um, another change that's becoming quite common um, is the half a point for first downs. So whether it's quarterbacks rushing the ball, running backs rushing or receiving the ball or tight ends or receivers receiving the ball, if on that play you accomplish a first down, you get an extra half point. Um, so that might add value to a guy like Cole Beasley or Jamison Crowder or a James White, the guys that really thrive in those third down roles that move the chains for their actual NFL teams. Um, something that we are big proponents of would be getting rid of kickers in defense um, they, I think that for me, they just add too much of a variance in scoring and, you know, some weeks you might have like a, like a not good defense, like a defense that you're forced to start because you had no other choice, but they go off for like 25 points where, you know, maybe up to that point, cumulatively, they've only scored 25 points in the season. So um, it, it does take away a little bit of the, the randomness involved. So I, I personally don't like having kickers in defense. So I'm all four leagues that get rid of them. Um, 
Another one that I like or that I'm interested in trying at least would be the, the all flex lineup where you just start nine players. It doesn't matter if it's running backs, receivers, or tight ends. All you need is nine starters. So you'd, you'd have your one or two quarterbacks, and then you'd have your, your other nine starters that are just offensive skill players. So that would give a huge, um, I guess, variance in the strategies that you use come draft night. Maybe you, you just keep on hitting the wide receiver position and you, you totally ignore the running backs or um, you just focus on, on running backs. Who knows what that strategy might be, but I think it's a neat little wrinkle. Um, something that's also pretty common is the super flex setting where usually it super flex means it's a two quarterback league. So instead of starting the one quarterback, you start two quarterbacks. Um, and that's, that setting is there because it thins out the, t- uh, the talent pool of quarterbacks. Um, usually in a one quarterback league, even if you have Mahomes and it's his bye week, you can find a viable quarterback on the waiver wire to, to fill in for Mahomes. But in a super flex league, if everybody carries two quarterbacks, now you're looking at 20 to 24 quarterbacks uh, being rostered. Uh, And usually for myself, at least if I'm in a super flex league, I'm rostering three quarterbacks. Um, So that means during bye weeks or if an injury comes up and you need a quarterback, the waiver wire is quite sparse very thin note. Um, and because of that, it adds value to the quarterback position, which we know in the actual NFL is arguably the most important position on the field. So it just, it's a way of fantasy managers replicating the importance of the quarterback position in the, in the fantasy game. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about though, is just different styles of league. Um, Armin and Jordan just talked about we're in a best ball league together and best ball simply refers to, um, you do your draft just like every other draft you've ever been in. But now after you draft your, your team, you don't have to worry week to week about setting a lineup. The, the computer, the league that you're in will automatically select the best combination of players for you. Um, as your starting lineup, essentially. Um, and the reason for this is maybe you have like a, like a Rex Burkhead on your bench and you don't start Rex Burkhead because why would you? And all of a sudden in that week, Rex Burkhead goes off for 24 points and he's on your bench. Usually that's quite frustrating, but with best ball settings, Uh, the computer will automatically, after the games have been played, put Rex Burkhead into your starting lineup. So it's really good because it allows uh, people to draft multiple teams and they don't have to worry week to week about setting their their lineups. Um, You can make it so that they have the, the option of doing the waivers, doing trades, but they don't have to worry about setting their lineups week to week. 
So this way on Sunday morning, you're not scrambling, trying to set 10 different lineups. You can just uh, throughout the week, do your waivers, do your trades. But then come Sunday, you can just sit back, relax, and enjoy the football games. Um, other specialty leagues would be similar to the, the Survivor-themed league that we talked about earlier on, um, but just a, a regular guillotine league where each week out of the 12 teams that are in the league, the lowest scoring team overall is cut or guillotined, removed from the league. And the players that were on that roster are then put into the free agent pool where then you can use your fab budget or your waiver priority to try to add those players to your roster. So then week two, there's 11 teams in the league instead of 12. And then again, the lowest scoring team is removed and their players go into the, the free agent pool. So each week the league gets smaller and smaller and the rosters would in theory get better and better as more star players <clears throat> are added to the free agent pool. Um, and then as we were prepping for this, Jordan mentioned that he's familiar with a big brother uh, league. So very similar to the survivor league. Um, Jordan, you want to speak to the big brother league at all? Yeah, sure. So it's, um, this one is pretty interesting. The idea got proposed to me, but he didn't, uh, the guy ended up not knowing how to kind of, I guess, run it. Uh, so I came up with the idea. I don't know if the league ended up taking off, but it would definitely something I would be interested in much the same as survivor. I was a big, big, I'm a big, big brother fan. Uh, I loved watching the show, still watch it. Uh, so the premise of the show in big brother is you do a head household competition. And if you were the head household, then you would nominate two people for eviction. Um, so in this league, um, everybody would be competing against like just for total points in the week. And then the number one point getter would become the head household. And then anybody that was in the bottom half of the points that week are eligible to be put up for eviction. So the people that finish the top half can kind of have the power of veto. You're fine. You can't be eliminated. Um, and then that head household will put those two people up on the block. The rest of the league would vote on who they would like to eliminate. So the premise of this league, say Armand, was the number one week one, number one week two, number two week three, and then he had a really stinker week four. Um, if I was head household, I'd want to put Armin on the block because I can't compete with his team. His team's very, very good. It's unfortunately had a tough week. So I would try and backdoor Armin, put him up on the block, and then the rest of the league would vote on who they'd like to eliminate that week. So the strategy is you kind of want to be a not great team, but you don't want to be a terrible team either where you're on the chopping block week in, week out. Uh, you kind of want to hang around that top half of the league so you're always safe and maybe not so much ahead of household because if you watch big you watch big brother you know in the head household um you can uh you can make a lot of enemies so if you're an enemy then maybe you'll be put on the chopping block a little sooner and voted out sooner rather than later so not once again another kind of quirky premise league that you can have a little bit of fun with different rules different settings different strategy but uh, uh these are all ones that I would say you got to be pretty familiar and pretty comfortable with fantasy football to be able to kind of jump in some of these corker corkier leagues and have a little fun with them. So. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of fun to be had and a lot of different things and you can really customize your league so that, that you could be in like 12 different leagues and none of them are the same. Um, some things that we didn't mention, we, we 
focused primarily on redraft, right? But if you're wanting to keep that redraft experience, but also want that dynasty experience together, I would highly recommend Keeper. Um, it's actually my, right now, my favorite way to, to do drafts um, because you can trade draft picks for the, the following year. Um, and then you can keep players for up to three years and you, your league just picks how many players you keep for that three year period. Um, so it, there comes a bit of strategy with trading and it kind of opens up the league to, to be a little bit more active on the, on the trading market during the season. Absolutely. Um, well, I think uh, unless anybody else has anything to add here, fellas, I think that'll kind of do her. Um, we ran a little long on this episode, obviously lots of news and notes to add and, uh, and wanted to give you guys lots of ideas to maybe benefit your league and change your league up a little bit. So uh, this week we are going to uh, not have any hot takes just with uh, time permitting. So that way we don't run even longer. Uh, so we'll be, uh, we'll be wrapping this episode up there. Um, yes, that will do it for episode number 12. We have our bonus episode number 13 that will be dropping on sunday so we'll be giving you that that episode where zach and i'll be recapping our scott fish draft uh kind of filling everybody in what scott fish is about and then uh, our general experiences so that'll be coming in episode 13 a specialty episode on sunday so uh, wrapping up episode 12 on behalf of uh, the whole 306 clan here zach armin and myself uh thank you very much for listening same as usual uh, give us the like and subscription button as per usual, and then hit us up on social media, 306FFB on Instagram and Twitter. And if you would like to be considered for the charity bowl, uh, make sure to DM us and show us your interest and get your name on the, uh, on the draw list to be part of the inaugural first season of the 306FFB charity league. Uh, so that'll do it. Thank you very much for listening and take care, everybody. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.